This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Good Things on the Bigger Picture, the show where we speak to good people doing good things. Makanan adalah hak untuk semua or food is a right for everybody is something that the folks of Dapur Jananan Kuala Lumpur firmly believe in. The group of volunteers have made it their mission to feed the homeless and the marginalised at the corner of Jalan Panggung over in Kuala Lumpur City since 2013. And they continue to do so even today. So I'm going to find out more about the organisation from Nurofitra Marikan and Kuratul Ayan Atikah Nur Zahirul Anwar who are both coordinators with Dapo Jalanan Kuala Lumpur. Welcome, ladies. How are you today? Hi, very good. Thank you for having us, Juliet. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today. So lovely to see the both of you. So we are going to talk about Dapo Jalanan today. Um, I guess, you know, for, for folks who are not familiar with the work that Dapo Jalanan does, can you tell me who are Dapo Jalanan? How did you guys come together? Tell us all of that. Um, first of all, thank you again for having us today. Absolute pleasure. Um, so Dapur Jalanan Kuala Lumpur uh, is actually um, a collective uh, initiative back then in 2013 uh, where it was not called as Dapur Jalanan Kuala Lumpur but it was um, an initiative of Street Project Kuala Lumpur uh, where the focus or main target is to run as many as uh, community-based programs. So it is not only for food sharing or it's not only for food serving uh, activities, but uh, we run uh, other activities as well since uh, 2013 and even until now. But uh, basically, uh, Dapur Jalanan uh, is one of the initiative or activity under the project. And I think if I'm not mistaken, in 2017, um, Dapur Jalanan Kuala Lumpur itself uh, was re- registered as an NGO. Okay. So it helped us to run uh, the, uh, the organization or the collective uh, accordingly um, based on the task, uh, based on the job scope that everyone gets, lah, mm-hmm. basically. So um, it was back then in 2013 initiated by a group of uh, youths, young people, uh, our founders. Um, with the aim actually to address uh, and to to raise awareness on the urban poor issue, especially in Kuala Lumpur. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has been our base since then until now. And I think today later on, uh, we will also share our uh, other initiatives until now, where it is not only for food serving uh, basis, or food sharing basis, but we run other initiatives as well according to the needs of the community uh, at the time. Okay, all right. Looking forward to hearing about that. And I'm just curious to know, you know, how did the both of you get involved in uh, Dapo Jalanan KL? You know, I mean, what was it that drew drew you to the group? Q, you want to go first? Uh, okay. Uh, I think I came to Dapo Jalanan in 2014. I was actually met some of the founders for other project or for other discussion but they told me about uh, this Dapur Jalanan Kuala Lumpur uh, initiative lah basically so um, then I joined them uh, in one of the service uh, in one of the serving because Dapur Jalanan only served during uh, on Sunday uh, the reason why it different from other soup kitchen is because um, it is not mainly uh, for food sharing uh, activity only, but to run other community project basis. So um, 
I went I went to one of their serving on one of the Sunday in 2014 and yeah then here I am uh basically uh this initiative opened uh my eyes a lot about a lot of issues is it is not only about urban poor issues because when we worked or when we served the community I learned that there are a lot of other issues and problems uh, among the community. It is not only food security issues. It is on, not only whether they have a shelter or not, but some sort of other, uh, other issues as well, like uh, about their job security, about their um, living costs, uh, even about their safety uh, when, when they are out and about there. Mm. Okay, so it's not just, yeah, it's not as, as, as simple as it sounds, isn't it? There are so many underlying yeah, issues it, and it causes. it's not only about um, the food serving on Sunday itself. It is, uh, there, there's other issues that uh, we hope to help. We hope to tackle as much as we can. Okay, all right. We'll talk a little bit about that after this. But first, Fitra, I mean, maybe we can uh, get you to join the conversation. Now, tell me a little bit about why you got involved with Double Jalan and KL. Yeah, so I started uh, joining Dapur Jalanan uh, together with uh, my friend at that time. So in 2014, she asked me whether I want to volunteer. So, okay, I said uh, I will join uh, one of the serving. So I went there, uh, we did the serving and it was an eye-opening basically because uh, that was like one of the first uh, volunteering project that I joined. And then at that time, uh, being an environmentalist at heart, uh, Zabuzalana at that time was still using uh, polystyrene. So my friend and I uh, thought that, oh, okay, we need to do something about this because <laughs> I, I think that the initiative is good, but they're using uh, polystyrene. It is bad for the environment. So we talked to uh, the founder at that time, part one, and then he was so open with the idea uh, for us to actually try to change uh, the way Dapujan and uh, run their process. So in the beginning, we start uh, raising fund and then we introduced uh, Dapujan to use to biodegradable uh, plates. And then, but then we thought, oh, it's going to be hard uh, for us to actually sustain this because it was so expensive back then, right? Mm -hmm. And then, so we... Then, okay, then started using reusable uh, pits. Uh, the double China was also very open towards the idea. We started using the pits and then we also washed the pits at uh, the soup kitchen itself at the side of the road. So uh, it took us a while to change the process, but um, it was an interesting process uh, overall, yeah. So that's how I started and still now still joining Dapujayanan. Yeah. What a lovely marriage of your interests, isn't it? Environmentalism, but also social work and, you know, kind of bringing it all together. You know, everything's for the greater good. So that's really wonderful. And and that's actually what I wanted to know. You know, what are some of the issues that are closest to, you know, both of your hearts, you know, and how do you tackle those issues through uh, DJKL's work? Uh, Q, you want to go first? I think uh, apart apart from the food security issues or uh, about the urban poor at large, one of the issues that um, I, I really um, close to my heart actually is the safety issues, especially among the ladies. Mm. Um, because in Dapur Jalana Kuala Lumpur, we, are, we, we, we don't really uh, specify our... Uh, community, which means it's not only targeted to homeless or whoever. It is really for everyone because um, for us, food for all, makanan adalah hak 
semua anak bangsa. But um, as we go through, there are a lot of safety and security issues to women as well. For example, like uh, to those who uh, who are homeless and they have to like sleep on the street, they are open for any. I mean, they 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 are there there is um more than men. Yeah, uh, I, more I vulnerable, remember, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I I remember there's a one lady he got raped for more than three times oh my goodness. and actually got pregnant and it is so sad because uh, when she got pregnant no one was there to help her that's one and after he after she gave birth actually she don't have the capacity to take care of the kids and eventually he had she had to give the kids to someone to adopt some, some sort of that so when when she every time she told me the story because i think she got pregnant or got caught in that kind of situation about three or four times oh, no. so every time she got in that kind of situation it's really like mm, it's really hard for her of course of course to, uh, it, it, it's a struggle time for her and also uh for her to give the kids to someone else it's not easy but she had no choice because at the end of the day if she uh, if she's about to take care of the kids herself she had she had no capacity she had no financial uh, security she had no um specific job to secure the the finance and everything so that's one and i think another one that might be similar for both of or even to Dapu uh, Jalanan Kuala Lumpur family is during the pandemic. Hmm. So during the pandemic, we learned a lot actually. Uh, on the first week of the um, PKP, most of our community with no homes, they actually had nowhere to go. So when we give out our food and we just said like, because we, you cannot gather in the open space, right? Um, so they cannot eat there. So they had to um, to to go somewhere else. And when we said like, uh, okay, after this, you have to go home, such as uh, stay at home, stay safe and everything. And then they replied to us, where you wanted us to go? We got no home. That was about the first first two weeks, right, Fitra, that time. So so it was like, um, it, it was, and I put, I, I, for us at that time as well because as much as we raise the awareness that you have to get you have to take uh, take your safety seriously your health seriously but there are this group of people that left behind mm. and then um, when they were taken care by the government with the uh, temporary shelter for them we thought or might the, the community that take the food during the weekend might get lesser, but we was we were wrong because um, I think in the second month, the third month of the PKP, most of some of the people, there are a lot of people who lost their job, who didn't get good pay because some of them are work or paid on daily basis. So there are a lot more other people comes, a lot more other community comes to take the food from different backgrounds. 
So I think there there was few weeks that we had to take uh, we had to cater about uh 300 to 400 communities who takes the food who take the food during the Sunday evening at that particular time mm-hmm. especially during Ramadan. So during pandemic was a really um really lesson learned to us it was a struggle time yeah. uh, for us as well. Um because it is not easy for us to arrange and to coordinate everything during that limited first limited time yeah. and then limited resources and also limited um volunteers because we cannot we couldn't call as many as volunteers to help during uh due to all the restraint uh, all all the limitations that you cannot gather you cannot uh, have lot people outside some sort of that so during pandemic and of course safety and security issues the women's really really uh close to to my to my heart Okay, thank you for sharing that, uh, Akirato. I mean, that's really, yeah, like we said, right, it's, there's so many other underlying issues, right? It's not just about, you know, being urban poor, there's safety, there's vulnerability, especially for women. Um, yeah, okay. Um, how about for you, Fitra? I mean, how about, you know, what are some of the areas or issues that are closest to your heart that, that you try to t- tackle through your work through DJKL? So as mentioned uh, before this, I mean, like I am very passionate about environment. So when we introduce uh, the process about uh, trying to to make double uh, jaranan a more sustainable soup kitchen, um, we when we started that initiative, we also found out that uh, there are a lot of uh, certain things that we serve to the community. Uh, they they don't really like uh, so for example we started collecting the food waste uh, because we we want to try to reduce uh, the food waste that double jaranam produce so we also send uh, the food waste uh, to um before it is uh, to the zero waste so that uh, it will be uh, sent for composting so during that initiative uh, we collected uh, some of quite a lot of food waste so we know that uh, the people at Abajanan, uh, the community that come to us, they don't like uh, to eat uh, Western food, for example, like spaghetti. You would say that there are a lot of uh, um, people, uh, a lot of food waste uh, when we serve uh, spaghetti and uh, when uh, we serve, uh, for example, uh, spicy food, they will also tell us uh, it is too spicy, they cannot eat. So, I mean, like sometimes they are also very picky, but uh, most of the time they try to finish the food, but So I think by doing all this, we sort of like uh, get to understand what the community really wants. So I think like during the pandemic, uh, one of the things that I think was also close to that when we actually observed the community, we started to get to know them a bit more closer than how we used to to run our process, right? We, we started to talk to them because uh, they were like waiting time and all that. So Uh, we found out that uh, there are a lot of people who actually lost their job during the pandemic. So we uh, we always talk about like we, we need to teach people how to fish and not just like give them food, right? Yeah. But then uh, it is not easy for this community to actually um, get their job even though they want to work. Uh, but then at the end of the day, uh, there are people... Uh, it's so hard for them to get job. Uh, so job security is very um, important for them. But um, 
they, they can't really get the job. So, um, and then uh, after we observe this community, we sort of like know that there are also a lot of people who do not have um, connection or connectivity. So, so we also try to help uh, this community by um, giving giving them access to the government aid. So, like we sort of like merge uh, uh, what uh, the government aid is currently offering, and we started uh, counter right yet during the pandemic. So, I think that for me, it is like more uh, what the community wants us to do for them, and not really like what we see they need, but also like trying to also cater the problem of um, that can also bridge the gap between the, the government and also the help on the ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, because sometimes, you know, those are kind of like blanket policies, right? So these are things more, yeah. more targeted and, you know, right from the sources, you're, you're understanding what they need and you're uh, addressing that immediately in that sense. Yeah? Okay. All right. Let's just go for one quick break, ladies. When we come back, let's talk about how Dapu Jalanan Kuala Lumpur actually functions. I'm speaking today to Nurul Fitra Marikan and also Kuratul Ayan Atikah Nur Zahirul Anwar. They're both coordinators for Dapu Jalanan Kuala Lumpur. It's another episode of Good Things where we speak to good people doing good things like these two ladies here. We'll have more after this quick break. You're listening to Good Things on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Good Things on The Bigger Picture, the show where we speak to good people doing good things. The two good people with me today are Kuratul Ayin Atikah Nur Zahirul Anwar and Nurul Fitra Marikan. They are both coordinators with Dapo Jalanan KL. Dapo Jalanan is a on a mission to feed the homeless and the marginalised uh, in Kuala Lumpur. They've been feeding folks every Sunday at Jalan Panggung since 2013. We're finding out more about the organisation and also the, the different kind of issues uh, you know that the folks behind Dapo Jalanan KL try to address. So so um, you guys mentioned, I mean, we, as we were talking about before the break, it's not just an issue of being hungry and being poor. There are so many other different issues. How would you describe the dynamics and interactions between yourselves, uh, the volunteers, because it is a volunteer-based organisation, right? But also those that you are assisting. I mean, maybe any stories that you'd like to share that kind of show how all of this actually comes together. I, I think I can touch more on the volunteer um how do we coordinate volunteers? Mm-hmm. And probably later on, Fitra can continue on how the community based. Uh, because actually, Fitra is among of the ones who lead the counter right yet that touch more on the uh, community there on a weekly basis. So basically, um, I think around 2014, uh, 2013 or 2014, when universities and co- college, uh, they had, this um, specific course, it's either course or subject or initiative by the college or the universities where they have um, some program to do community project uh, with other community, whether NGO or other community outside. So starting from there, we started to get uh, a lot of group of volunteers from young people, especially from students in universities and colleges. So we try to get and recruit more volunteers from there, basically um, because some of them, uh, they are staying around KL, Mm. uh, around our area. So even though um, some of them, uh, yes, they came this weekend, but uh, some of them really uh, stick with us uh, uh, even until now so and 
actually during our session, uh, we cook our food on our own. Okay. We started. We started our day basically by preparing pre- preparing the food, uh, cook the food, and do after after we finish uh preparing, then we will have some sharing session with the volunteers. So during the sharing session, it is not only for us to share what dapur jalanan is, but also to get to get to get more information and also feedbacks from the volunteers. So it is basically two-way communication, and we also give more tasks to them so that they can understand how we run everything. Okay, and we also um, always remind them that this is not. Uh, only one time or one off project, so you can always join us at any time you want. Uh, it's just that during the pandemic, lah, we we lack of volunteers one, and also um during the pandemic, it is uh we we had to run uh with the limited numbers of people and also limited resources, but now we are starting again. To, to to gather as much as volunteers we can, and also I think nowadays social media helps us a lot as well. Sure. Yeah. So um, we not only uh, gather our volunteers through college and universities um, initiatives, but also through social media. When we post or when we uh, update something on social media, uh, even our other uh, initiatives or project, there are a lot of people outside. Uh, that volunteer with us. Yeah, that's how on the volunteering basis. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, and maybe Fitra, you want to talk to me a little bit about um the community work. Yeah. Uh, so for uh, Dapur Jalanan, so we have the community that come to take the food, and we also have the community surrounding uh Jalan Jalan Panggung because uh, we also have like a lot of restaurant, uh police station, Gurwara, and so on. So. I think one of the things that we try uh, to do is actually to get uh, this stakeholder to also be involved uh, in helping uh, the community that come to get uh, the food from us. So, so we also, um, like before the pandemic, we had like some of the initiative where we actually, because we have to uh, wash our plates, right? So yes. we get need to get waters. So in the beginning, we actually uh, try to get water from uh, the restaurant near to to Jalan Pango. Mm-hmm. So um, surprisingly, they are very open to, to the idea of giving uh, the food for free, uh, sorry, the water for free and so on. But I think like uh, along the way, uh, the structure and also the building at uh, Jalan Panggung is also um, changing. There are a lot of like hipster cafe mushrooming and so on. Uh, there, are, there are also like parking area that uh, was uh, in the beginning suggested to be changed uh, to a service apartment. There, there are also oh. hotel uh, and and basically gentrification around that area. So so we also uh, after that uh, after the cafe um, because like the cafe stopped giving us uh, water at the time because there's like a change in management. So and then we also got in touch uh, with the police station. So. The, uh, the police station was also very nice at that time. They also provided us with the water and so on. But then because there's also like change in the person who were uh, at the police station and then we moved on to the Guwara. So we, we tried to get them uh, involved so that they will also understand uh, the issue 
this issue, what we are trying to do, we are not uh, being there to actually um, make uh, their businesses uh, bad and so on. But we we want them to to take um, charge and also to to be part of this initiative because it is a community initiative. So that's the stakeholder around that area, and and some of them has have been very welcoming, but they are also uh, basically people who, who are not uh, very fr- friendly uh, towards these homeless. That, that, but most of the time, they are very open to the ideas of helping us. And then there are also like community that come to take uh, the from us. Uh, we have urban poor community. So the urban poor community, we have uh, the homeless. And we also have uh, the people... Um, I would say a lot of elderly communities who live uh, around the city centre that come to take the food from us. So when we started Counter Right Yet, so Counter Right Yet is also an initiative that uh, started during the pandemic, where uh, in the beginning it was just like, we thought of like, oh, there are uh, a Bantuan, um, I think I remember already, Bantuan Prihatin Right Yet, that time it was like a different name. So like there are a lot of like changes uh, of name that are also confusing to this community, right? Mm-hmm. So at that time, we found out that um, they don't have phones, so they might not get information about all this Bantuan. So uh, that time, Bantuan Prihatin Right Yet, so we decided that, okay, why not we help to register them because like they don't have uh, internet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we started on by doing that there were a lot of people who were not in the list when we checked so we we helped to to register them and then we also work uh with uh lhdn at that time they were so open to to actually help us so we actually take uh the form directly to them and they help us with uh, all the processes and all that so and then um next year we heard about like the vaccination and like all the vaccination registration were being done online via apps via my suggestra and this community one they do not we are talking about the community that do not have uh internet but also there are people who do not have phone telephone so like uh before this we have um like a public phone and so on but there's no more public phone right yeah. so so it's so hard for this community and and I think that in the beginning of the vaccination process, uh, people do not understand that there are people who who don't have um, access to telephone. So, so we help them by registering registering them to the vaccination uh, for the vaccination uh, rollout, and we also uh, at that time help to send uh, this uncle and also aunties uh, to the vaccination center because. Uh, in the beginning uh, of the vaccination rollout, it was like most of the vaccination centers uh, are very far from the uh, public transportation. So they had no means to go there. And we also helped to provide uh, information. So our community, like the elderly in our community, uh, they are among those first people who started to, to be registered, although although uh, they do not have the means to register. So I think it's important to, to take note that if it is, if, if there is a mean to actually, like if you, the government were to know the people on the ground more and work together with NGO, there are a lot of things that could be done and could be seamlessly uh, performed better than what it is being done. So so we sort of like um, do that. And then when we send the community to uh, for vaccination, that's like where the conversation uh, happened. Because before this, we didn't really get to talk to them. It's just like eating together with them. And then they, they tell us about their story and all that. But then like 
I guess that the whole process of going, picking them up uh, from the their house to the vaccination center and sending them back, there are a lot of conversation that happened. So we we need to understand that some of them are single elderly. So they they manage, uh, they, they have a home, but then uh, they will not cook because they are single, right? So, so they prefer to just like take uh, food uh, from the soup kitchen and there are like certain people who just like I think like one of the aunties said that it would be very helpful if she can get uh, a boiler because she only need to eat like something that uh, like a packet of uh, nestum or something that would actually help her so I mean like it's like a very simple solution to the problem that we could actually help uh, them living a better life so so yeah, I think I think it was an interesting conversation after like during this pandemic we really learned a lot of, about our community. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting, right? Is the the need to actually go down to the ground to to you know find out these stories, to find out what the issues are, and that's the problem, right? No, uh, there's not enough people doing that. You know, it's volunteers such as yourself. It's not happening on a sort of like uh, a government level in that sense, right? In a, a sort of a national level, and that's the problem, lah, right? That's why these issues uh, persist, and you know we kind of look down on the homeless as you know I don't know lazy or you know not trying hard enough or whatever, right? I mean we've heard you know. DBKL, for example, or I mean, the authorities like saying they want to get them out of the city because they're, uh, you know, it's it's a eyesore to tourists and things like that. So very, you know, thoughtless sort of, you know, comments coming out. So this is what I guess needs to happen, isn't it? These these meaningful conversations, getting down to the issues and small, small things actually very easily solved and can be done. From what you from what you guys can tell, Mila. Okay, all right. Um, sorry, I was talking a bit too much there. Um, so these are how how would you envision these sorts of issues being uh, addressed? You know, how can we address these issues better? What is yeah? What are some things that you guys can recommend? Yeah, I I think during the course of the pandemic, also like the government uh, has been more open to listen to the uh, NGO. So we also had a few engagement with uh, MOF, Kriyas and Hasana and also my cousin. We started, uh, uh, we sort of like bridged the gap that they have on the ground where uh, this community were not able to be registered. So we helped to register the community for the uh, cashless uh, aid uh, for the community. So basically they, they were given like a list of 10 items that they can buy using their IC, right? So, so this uh, 10 items are very limited so I think one of the things that the government can actually do is to actually improve the whole process uh, of like giving uh, this community more uh, freedom to choose what they want to buy because like, it is sort of like very limited and and like 100 ringgit could be a lot for a single person so so I think engagement with the government would actually help uh, to, to for them to understand that more about the situation on the ground and we will be able to provide uh, a targeted solution uh, for this community. And I think uh, one of the things, because like, like, just now you mentioned about like a very negative uh, perception about the homeless, right? So I think I think one of the things that actually what the government can do first is to define what is homelessness, right? Because when we talk about homeless, people always say, oh, it is about people who do not have a job, who do not have home, that kind of thing. But uh, it is a very complicated issue. Uh, when, when If I were to define homelessness, uh, it would be, I can say there are a few categories of homelessness. So there are people without home, 
there are people without uh there are people who have job but cannot afford a home so they have like a proper job and there are also people who uh like like the peribahasa kais pagi makan pagi kais petang makan petang where uh when they have job they would be able to actually um uh, have a bit of money extra money to actually um sort of like uh rent a budget hotel uh, they rent a budget hotel to us it like when we think in like long term um it is expensive why would you want to do that they pay around 40 ringgit per day to actually uh to to have a, a space uh to live and and in long run it is more than like renting a home but then because they are kais pagi makan pagi they, so they could not afford uh to rent a place so i think uh like one of the thing that the government can actually do is to actually like really look at into this few categories it is not just like as broad as, as what we think homelessness is so there are a lot of categories and also i think one of the things that i would also think there is something worth it for the government to look at is to actually look into the um elderly community because we are all going to be like an aging community right so i often reflect how am i going to be when i'm like an old person right? like now i'm like single right so so when i'm old will i be able to would i be able to live like them if i currently do not have home uh, or like not So so it's sort of like something that we need to start thinking what we want to do as a society because people we are really moving into an aging society and like all the aunties and uncle when I ask when we ask them why they come to Dapuja Island so some of them they actually have uh food uh, they they were able to put food on the table but they they sort of like come to Dapuja Island because it is like a support for them mm. as a community like, you know like you are like lonely and then you want to come and chit chat with friends so so we need that this kind of center that the community can go and uh, get information uh, being supported and and also at, the, at that time uh, give also give them an emotional support so that they would be able to to function properly yeah Okay, all right. Just hold that thought. Uh, we'll go for one more quick break and then we'll come back and uh, Kuratul, maybe I'll ask you, you know, what are some uh, things you think, you know, we can do together to to address this situation. I'm speaking today to Nurul Fitra Marikan and Kuratul Ayn Atikah Nur Zahirul Anwar. They're both coordinators for Dapo Jalanan Kuala Lumpur, which is a soup kitchen, but also they do so much more as we've been hearing from both ladies. We'll have more after this quick break. You're listening to Good Things on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Good Things on the Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. Joining me on the line today are Kuratul Ayn Atikah Nur Zahirul Anwar and Nurul Fitra Marikan. They are both coordinators with Dapo Jalanan Kuala Lumpur. They are both my featured guests for Good Things today, our series where we speak to good people doing good things. Dapo Jalanan is, of course, a uh, on a mission to feed the homeless and the marginalised uh, in Kuala Lumpur City. They've been doing so since 2013, but they're also doing a lot more helping with sorts of social issues, you know, loneliness, uh, poverty, other issues as well. It's just sort of an easy meeting point, I suppose, right? Uh, the soup kitchen. So before the break, uh, Fitra, you were telling us about some things that can we can address, right? To to Some things that we can do to address the issues. Uh, Kuratul, anything else you wanted to add to what Fitra was saying? Uh, since Fitra has covered all about what we can do together with the government uh, agencies, perhaps I can add more um, on the community support system itself. Sure. Because um, 
as Fitra also mentioned, referring to what Juliet mentioned before, the negative perception towards um, this community. Actually, it, it's not new, uh, something that we just heard recently. It is always been the negative perception even before. So even when we had our volunteers, some of them even asked, like, um, are they dangerous? Oh. Would they harm us? Something we, we received that kind of question, like, uh, is there any uh, advice uh, on our safety issues? These are the questions we receive from the volunteers, especially those who are first um, first timer to do all the uh, to to do all this kind of volunteerism. Sure. So, I think it is important for the community itself. I mean, among us, um, not to simply um, jump into the conclusion that these people are dangerous or these people are. Uh, we will risk our life or in, in or or something like that because at the end of the day, like Fitra has mentioned, when we talk to them, when we sit uh, with them, there's a lot of issues running around them, and I think uh, because of some of the uh, engagement we had with them, we also managed to engage with other NGOs, with other groups of people who can help us to serve in any other areas as well. For example, uh, before pandemic, we also work together with uh, Kedai Jalanan UM, where they provide free clothes, yeah. free clothes for, for them. And their system is very humanity because rather than you uh, put everything and ask them to like... Um, Robot or something, uh, uh. yeah. Uh, they have a proper system where they will hang all the clothes, and you can actually, they can actually, the community can actually choose what they want. Of course, there there is limitation in the numbers, but it is very humanity because you don't have to like piranha like that. What some some, I, I we cannot we cannot deny some some of groups might be doing that, but kedai jalanan um has been doing a good. Uh, very good in uh, initiatives has been doing good job on this kind of system, uh, and then we also worked together. I think for the uh, vac vaccination uh, project we run, we also work together with PBSM. Mm. So we are very fortunate and we are very 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 um grateful that a lot of other community other ngos and other groups uh, of society that also help us that also support us in different kind of um helps in the different kind of initiatives because like fitra mentioned before uh they need their needs are more than just food there are a lot of other things that we need to help them. It's not only uh, uh, food security, but also other. I think uh, there's one story shared by one of our volunteers when uh, the counter right yet has just started that time. There are some of the community that they didn't realize they get the bantuan in their account. Right. So yeah. only after the volunteer helped to check, then he knows that, oh, actually he had like 1,000 in the account. But because of the system, it's not really uh, friendly to those who are who have the who have this uh, internet access issues, internet access problems. So they couldn't really get the information, or they couldn't really get um, 
the the initiative direct to them. So engagement with the government is one thing, but also the community around uh, also another thing. I mean, if we can work together, uh, groups to groups, NGOs, uh, even other uh, community society, it, it would be it will be better because uh, I think it is fair to say that Dapur Jalanan Kuala Lumpur cannot, really, cannot function on its own only by having, um, uh, by having uh, different groups that work together with us, then we can serve better and better throughout the time because some issues, issues will raise or issues will uh, appear differently according to time. Sure. Maybe maybe last two years is about pandemic. The next years we, we wouldn't know what. So we wouldn't know what happened. So working together with many other uh, groups, many other NGOs, and of course from the government agencies itself would really help us as well. Mm. Okay, and and that's my next question. Actually, you know, I mean, what what support would you guys uh, most appreciate now? What would be most helpful to you guys? I mean, especially now. Food, food prices, right? I mean, we're having a food crisis. Food prices are rising. I mean, definitely that's going to impact, I guess, your work as well in terms of your, your sources and your supplies, right? Uh, yeah, how can, how can folks uh, get involved? How can folks help? Uh, basically, our financial relying uh, a lot on public donation. I mean, when we just started, it, it, was, it wasn't really easy because uh, people didn't really know us. Mm. But uh, after our work started, like weekly so we started to gain support from the public financial thing is one thing and another thing actually at this time of moment we really need volunteers okay because uh, i think during the two years of pandemic we had to stop taking uh volunteers at large group to to ensure this the safetyness of everyone but now that we can um, start again, so we would really appreciate for volunteers' uh, help because it is not only to prepare or cook the food or even to um, to pack the food. We we have a few other tasks and few other um, things that we need to focus during the serving time at Jalan Panggung itself. Mm. Uh, as Fitra mentioned, we have our counter right yard and sometimes some of the weeks we have our PBSM team to do the medical checkup for the community and also the serving itself. And as much as um, we are in the endemic situation now, we are looking uh, into ways where, where we can serve, where, where, where the community can eat and gather at that space again. Because I think we really miss the situation, we really miss the environment where everyone can gather together there, eat the food, enjoy the food, enjoy the company. Fitra mentioned before, some of elderly, they just came to, to socialize with other, with other uncle, with other yeah. auntie. Yeah, some of them, some of them, they stay not, not in KL. There, there's some auntie, I think they stay around Cheras or Puchong, something like that. They took bus, wow. uh, take the food, eat there, and then just to so- socialize with the with her friends around there. So we really miss that moment. We really miss that environment. Um, so we are looking for, for that um, phase at the moment. But uh, volunteer is one of the most uh, cru- 
structural um, help that we need at the moment. Okay, and um, I won't ask you to go into too much detail at the moment, but if anyone is interested, they can just reach out to you guys. You guys will tell them uh, how to become volunteers and all of that? Yes, uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Facebook and Instagram, mm-hmm. or even Twitter, Dapur Jalanan Kuala Lumpur. Um, if you are interested to join us, especially during the weekly uh, serving on Sunday, you can hit us um on DM or can PM us. Just inform us uh, which week you are you 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 would like to come and how many uh, your groups to come so that we can arrange accordingly. And Just don't bail out, okay? Uh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> oh, because no. we because uh, even some of our coordinators currently um, we have our own uh, job as well and some some of them have other commitments during the weekend so sometimes when we heard that oh 10 volunteers are coming so we are like oh there are 10 volunteers to come and help us so we we feel like okay like secure but then i i also understand it is volunteering uh, based initiative so maybe something happens suddenly or whatever then from 10 only two that come, oh, so it, no. it is it is really um we we struggle a lot lah if if that kind of thing happen, uh because uh we are preparing our food on our own we cook we cook our food on our own and actually we really need help to to control the crowd, uh during uh during the serving because we have two different uh I mean we have two different section the counter riot and as well as uh the food serving so. Uh, if 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 there are like ten volunteers to come, so we already arranged that, or maybe five of them will help the counter and five will help the serving. So if 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 suddenly uh got changes, then it, it will be it will be changes to us as well. Yeah, it impacts how you are running the yes, how yes, easily correct. everything is run, right? Okay, all right. I'm afraid we've run out of time, ladies. But thank you so much uh, for sharing, you know, these stories with us today. Before I let you go, any last message that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Uh, maybe, you know, why they should join something like this? Maybe why uh, we should all get involved in trying to, to address these sorts of issues? Uh, Fitra, you want to go first? Mm, I think one of the things that we can actually do uh, is to, I mean, like, if you see a problem, try uh, to solve it uh, in your own capacity and work together with the people uh, around you. There are a lot of, like, good people uh, around us that want to do something uh, with the community and so on. So so we just need to find these good people and and I will ensure you, like, the process will be uh, easier and you feel more supported emotionally too. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> Thank you, Fitra. And how about for you, Q? Uh, when I first came to Dapur Jalanan in 2013, one of the coordinated one of the coordinator tell me this: Dapur uh, Jalanan uh, should not be more than ten years because if it is more than ten years, that means the urban poor issues are not solved. Uh, the issues that we aim to solve is still there, so that means um, the how how everything run. Uh, in, in our society, in our environment, uh, are still in the same phase. And Dapur Jalanan is about 10 years next year. And still a lot of issues, uh, if it is not worse, it is still at the same uh, phase. So I guess here we are. Uh, we cannot stop yet. 
we will still um, run uh, dapur jalanan, will still uh, be actively involved in addressing all these urban poor issues. Like we said, as we go through in these eight to nine years, uh, other than food security, actually there's a lot of other issues uh, happening around the urban poor community. And we hope that um, the society and the community can work together with us, not only us actually, but other soup kitchens and other NGOs or groups that are running the same issues, especially for the social, social justice of these marginalized uh, people. And pandemic has um, made, us, made us realize a lot of things. And I think there are a lot of um, long-term planning need to be addressed too. So that when we, I'm not praying for any pandemic or any uh, crisis to happen, but looking at how world uh, going on now, it is not impossible that something might happen again. Yeah. yeah. So we we really need to we really need to have a long term solution plan so that all this kind all this kind of thing can be addressed very smoothly so when if it happened again we we already have the plan yeah. so thank i think i would like to take this opportunity to thank all the uh, volunteers that or helped us a lot during these eight to nine years um and then to those who have uh, helped us in any other uh, means financial or even uh, food food donations for our weekly um weekly uh, serving and also to other NGOs and the group other groups that have been collaborating with us and also government agencies that very open to help to us. Uh, like Fitra said, um, if we are able to find the correct people that can help us, of course a lot of issues can be settled. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for joining me today. And, uh, you know, if anyone's listening and they'd like to get involved, again, we j- uh, they just need to search for Dapo Jalanan KL. Uh, you guys are on all, so- all social media, I think. Uh, you're also, you also have a link tree, right? So that's linktr.ee slash djkl. All the information is there. My thanks again to both my guests. I was speaking to Nuro Fitra Marikan and Kuratul Ayin Atikah Nur Zahirul Anwar, both coordinators with Dapo Jalanan Kuala Lumpur. If you missed any part of our conversation, you can always download the podcast podcast at bfm.my or you can find it on the BFM app. This has been Good Things on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.